And I would read in your presence verse 6 through verse 16. Galatians chapter 1. The apostle testified, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preach. Any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. Excuse me. If any man... Preach another gospel unto you than that ye have received. Let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God. Beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God. And wasted it. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, And call me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. I'll stop the reading there, and I intend no exposition of this passage, but only to share some thoughts with you concerning the gospel. Most all of you know that that is a word that of which I am extremely fond. I love the word gospel. It has a glorious ring. (laughs) Not to mention that it it embodies a glorious truth. 
that God has made salvation possible to men and that he will effect that salvation to his sheep and that it is done through the instrumentality of this thing we call the gospel. Paul presses that word. He warns them about those in verse 6 who would preach another gospel. Declares to them boldly in verse 7 that it is not in fact another. But it is a perverted gospel. And warns them in verse 9 that if any man bring some such gospel, count them accursed. But then he certifies in verse 11, there is a certified gospel. <laughs> is your gospel certified today? The one you have, is it certified? He certifies this gospel. So then, what is this gospel that he certified to be the only true gospel? Well, it embodied in his own testimony to illustrate this gospel and certify that illustration. He gives his own testimony beginning at verse 15. And I have titled this little talk sovereign. Not sovereignty. Sovereign. To emphasize and impress on your heart this thought that salvation, this gospel, is from the hands of a sovereign. In other words, I would not have your heart focused on the doctrine of sovereignty, but on the sovereign himself. Sovereign. And in that testimony, I give you five particular points in that brief testimony of only two verses, verse 15 and 16. I give you five evidences, five marks of this sovereign salvation. This sovereign salvation. Notice in the testimony of Paul, first of all, that it is sovereign in its timing. Saul was going about his business, persecuting the church and wasting it. All the while, profiting in the Jews' religion. And so he was living, and so he was conducting himself. When suddenly we have the word, when. This was his life. He's given his testimony, verse 13, verse 14, and that was his testimony of the life before, and now salvation comes. And how does it come? It comes sovereignly from a sovereign 
And we see that it is sovereign as to the timing because it was when it pleased God. Not when he found himself at the altar in some great citywide campaign. Not when he had gotten tired of his sin and just decided he needed to turn over another leaf. Not when he made a decision. No, no. When it pleased God. (laughs) Sovereign. This gospel is sovereign in its timing. Luke 5 and 17 says it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town in Judea and the power of the Lord was present to heal them on a certain day. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day. The day of my salvation was a certain day. It was a certain day that he had established by his sovereign will and by his sovereign grace he had established the timing of that before there was time. This gospel is a gospel of salvation, a salvation that is sovereign as to its timing. When? It pleased God. Psalm chapter 119, verse 3 and 4 says, Thy people shall be willing when? In the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power. I simply want you to see in Paul's testimony by this singular word, when, that salvation is sovereign as to its timing. When? When it pleased God. When? You know, all of us have heard testimonies. I've heard many. I love testimonies. I love to hear how the Lord did things in somebody else's life. And uh, my wife was sharing with Emmerich last night the testimony of a woman that she has known in years past. And her testimony, she was <laughs> she was a vile sinner, living a vile life, and loved playing gambling and playing cards. And she was sitting at a card game one night with her rowdy friends. And suddenly, the spirit of conviction fell on her. And her testimony is that she folded her cards and laid them on the table and said, I'm sorry, I've got to leave. 
I've got to get right with God. How'd that happen? When? When it pleased God. When? It's sovereign. This gospel's sovereign as to its timing. We see in Paul's testimony. But secondly, in Paul's testimony, it's sovereign in its cause. Sovereign in its cause. Verse 15. But when it pleased God. (laughs) What's the cause of it? Hey, hey, it just, it pleased God. It pleased God. (laughs) Oh, it's sovereign in its cause. What caused it? It pleased God. I don't understand that. You don't understand that. You can't offer me an explanation for that. It pleased God. Our brother prayed in his prayer. Something to that effect at the meal. God. In the habitation of his own holiness. Within himself. Contrived this gospel. And when, 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 when the time is right, it just pleases him to dispense this gospel, (laughs) this salvation. Oh, you could look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 7. You could look at Luke 7 and verse 6, that poor centurion. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. You'll not look within yourself and find a reason within you. The modern gospel, one of the many false gospels that's out there, would portray God's salvation as if God looks down and sees a poor pitiful sinner. And it's because of the pitiful sinner's state that his heart is touched and he brings salvation. It is true that he looks on our pitiful state. It is true that he has pity. It is true that he brings salvation. But none of those things mount to a cause. The cause is nothing more than this. It pleased God. It pleased God. Paul's testimony tells us it's sovereign in its time. In its timing. It's sovereign in its cause. It pleased God, said Paul. Thirdly, it's sovereign in its means. He said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, here is sovereignty in its means. It will be accomplished by a separation and a call. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't just fall out of the heavens. You're walking down the road and see a bright light and pass out and bump your head. No, no, no. There's a call that comes. There is Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 11. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, and the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon 
the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it was written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Perish this lie that says that we believe that God will save his elect with nothing else but that, that, that decree of salvation. No, no. He'll save them by call. Paul said, when it pleased God, he separated me from my mother's womb and called me. Hallelujah. By his grace. called called me by his grace separated, called you see this gospel sovereign as to its means hey the same God that chose to elect chose the means by which he called those elect amen, just say that again same God that chose the elect chose the means because that was his sovereign right chose the means to save those elect. And he'd do it by the call of this gospel. This gospel. What a treasure. What a treasure. Sovereign in the timing, says Paul's testimony. Sovereign in the cause, says Paul's testimony. Sovereign in the means, says Paul's testimony. Sovereign in the experience What's involved in this experience? Oh, look at his testimony again with me. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. Oh yeah, hallelujah. Here's the experience of it. What is the experience of salvation? God reveals his son in you. In you, did you get that? God reveals his son in you. <laughs> Paul said, I want you to know about this sovereign gospel, this sovereign God and the sovereignty of his gospel. is sovereign in its experience. You see, salvation is when the sinner experiences Christ revealed in him. That is salvation. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 said, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Verse 27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son. No man knoweth the Son. No man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal. And if you notice that word, next, next word, 
Him is in italics in your King James Bible, which means it was supplied. It's not in the translation. Whosoever he said that the only ones that will be saved, delivered, are those to whom save the Son, he whomsoever the Son will reveal. <laughs> reveal what? He revealed himself in Christ. Revealed himself in Christ. Paul would say to us, Oh, my salvation experience was that day I was going along, persecuting the church and wasting it. I was, I was going along, profiting in the Jews' religion. I was just going along and then that marker came that only the sovereign God knew and he came and he called me and he revealed his son in me. That's salvation. Too much of the professions we hear today, you don't hear that. You're not hearing that. You're hearing, well, I said, I said the right things. I, I followed the Romans road. I did what the preacher said. I believe in Jesus. But has the Father revealed him in you? Oh, this gospel talks about a, this is a gospel of sovereign revelation. Sovereign revelation. It's sovereign in its timing. It's sovereign in its cause. It's sovereign in its means. It's sovereign in its experience. And finally, it's sovereign in its purpose. Oh, absolutely. Hey, can I just newsflash to this modern generation? Jesus didn't come to make you happier. He didn't come to make you healthier. He didn't come to make you richer. He didn't come to make you feel better. Listen to Paul's testimony. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him. You know what He came for? To glorify Himself. <laughs> oh, it's sovereign in his purpose that I might, that I might preach him. That I might preach him. This salvation was prescribed not for just my well-being. It was prescribed for his glory. Oh, very little of what you hear in testimonies today, in testimony meetings, has that note ringing in it. It's all about His glory. His glory. His glory. It wasn't about my poor wretched self. It's about His glory. Revelation 4 and 11, Thou art worthy. What are they singing in heaven? What are they saying in heaven? What are they talking about in heaven. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Hallelujah. It's all about His glory. His glory.
his glory. But Paul says the means that he uses to achieve that glory to himself is through his service. He said he called me to preach. (laughs) Get up, Paul. Get up and I'll show you what great things you can suffer for me. That what he said? I've got a service for you to perform, Paul. And I'm going to get glory by putting you through that service. I'll get glory. Psalm chapter 50 and verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for the sacrifices or burnt offerings to have been continued before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house or he goat out of thy fold. Every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills is mine. I know all the fowls of the air and the mountains and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. The world is mine and the fullness thereof. It's all his. And when he saves a sinner, it is for the same purpose as all the rest of that creation. To glorify him. Oh, listen, I'm here to tell you this gospel is stamped, stamped with an everlasting stamp on every part with the word sovereign. Sovereign in its timing. It's sovereign in its cause. It's sovereign in its means. It's sovereign in its experience. It's sovereign in its purpose. This is a sovereign gospel. What a privilege. What a glory to take the gospel to sinners. Whether it's in the jailhouse this evening, the nursing home this afternoon, the Bibles through the Trinitarian Bible Society, on your job, your testimony, wherever. Oh, have this sovereign gospel. On your lips, what a glory, what a blessing. Sovereign, it's sovereign. Don't be afraid of that word. (laughs) Oh, it's all sovereign. It's even a sovereign gospel. Let's pray together.